0: This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era, hosted by entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. Now, let's get right into the show.
1: What's going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today we have Jake Casson, someone I'm super pumped up to have on this show. We've been going back and forth for the last couple of months trying to make this happen, and we're actually making it happen here in L.A. in person, and it's a pleasure to have you on the show, man.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks. Appreciate it.
1: So, yeah, first thing I want to start with, just before we dive into your story and everything, is just who is Jake? What have you been up to for the people that may not know what you're building or anything like that?
0: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm 27 years old. Um, live here in Los Angeles, California. Um, for the last five years, I've been building movement. We're a uh, watch and accessories band, brand. To simplify it, uh, more so, we're a lifestyle brand. Yeah. Um, and you know, for the last five years, we've we've built this uh, brand through direct to consumer for the most part. Um, you know, accessibly priced watches was really kind of our goal out out, out the gate for for myself. It was more so, um, you know, I love fashion and wanted to to get behind something that I could really build and. And be passionate about my other businesses that I've had uh, when I was a little younger weren't weren't really passion projects. I just okay. kind of fell in my lap. So this was my first chance to do something that I actually could be proud of and and, and do for a long period of time. Um, and yeah, essentially launched in 2003 when I was uh, dropped out of college, broke college kid trying to figure yeah. out what I was going to do with my life. Some kind of kind of where you're at in your life part right now. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had some background in e-commerce, so I, I figured that I can I can launch this online with minimal capital. I only had really a credit yeah. card uh, with $5,000 of, of you know limit to, to use, and that was really kind of how I started the business back day Dumb. one.
1: Crazy, man, so catch up now. I walked in the office and it's freaking phenomenal. The layout's <laughs> insane. Obviously, it's been a success. So when it comes to movement, right, just the brand in total and the entirety of it, What's been the the growth when it comes to starting out? You said it's been in business for five years. Yeah. Like where are you guys at now? Just so we can kind of give the audience some back end insights to like what we're working with.
0: Yeah. So uh, started off year one. We launched on Indiegogo. Um, we raised three hundred thousand dollars. Again, I only had five thousand dollars of basically credit card uh, limit to, okay. to use. So yeah. had no really capital. Uh, if I wasn't, if we couldn't successfully fund an Indiegogo, I was willing to go and work nine to five, do whatever I could yeah, to yeah. pay it off. Um, move back with my parents, do whatever I needed to do. Uh, our first year, we ended up, so we, we raised $300,000, which was just pre-orders, right? right? You basically, you get samples of a watch, you, you throw it, or any, any physical product, yeah. you throw it on uh, Indiegogo or Kickstarter, which has traffic and customers, and you can basically tell your story, tell your pitch, as to why they should believe in you, and, and essentially pre-order a product that hasn't okay. been mass-produced yet. Yeah. So I had six samples, and we photographed them, we made the video, um, you know, I went to Costco and got a video camera. I got a mic. We're trying to those things a week later. Like it was very, very lean bootstrapped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, couldn't really, uh, afford to do it any other way. So it had no marketing budget, nothing. So, um, we had spent the time kind of learning how to, to hack and, and, and grow through Kickstarter, Indiegogo crowdfunding. So we were able to like, get to $300,000 of revenue. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, before you started. <laughs> before I really even
0: started, but because I spent so much time like studying yeah. the ins and outs, and I guess you don't really believe it. At the time I was kind of like, do I believe that, Like, do, do I actually know something that the majority of people don't understand? Like I'm yeah. spending time studying this, but what's the chances that I'm actually figuring out something <laughs> that like no one else understood? Yeah, and, yeah. and what I went back and realized is that a lot of people were doing the college route or were too old to understand uh, it, it was still a niche. It was still yeah, a, a yeah. new platform. Crowdfunding was, yeah. was new, so I was still an early adopter and, and understood things. I was an expert in such an early yeah, adopter yeah. type of so uh, uh, you know platform. So, first year we ended at a million dollars. Then we went from one to seven million to thirty uh, to sixty to eighty, and then you know this year we're we're looking to do somewhere around hundred million. <sighs> So all completely bootstrapped. Uh, we have a very lean team, there's about 35, 36 people. We actually just got a, one of our new employees started today. Yeah. So we're slowly <laughs> slowly hiring and growing. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been you know, first couple of years, first six months we're out of my parents' house. Dang. You know, Kramer, my business partner, was in San Diego at his parents' house. We were talking about where we wanted to move. So L.A. Dang. was the spot, so we moved yeah. to L.A. about uh, a year into the business. Then the next three years, we're in our, or sorry, the next two years or year and a half, we're in an apartment in Venice. And then fast forward a little bit more, we got a little uh, office where we probably had 15 people. Yeah. And now the office we're sitting in today, uh, we only have about 36 people, but um, definitely room to, yeah, to yeah. scale, as you can Dude, see. Yeah, so. that's dope.
1: <laughs> Dang, that's insane. So how old were you when you, were you started, just so we can fill the audience uh, in, I when was, you raised I, that 300K? I think I was about 21. Okay. Uh, yeah, 21 Dope. years old. So, so prior to that, when it comes to crowdfunding, obviously that was your first crowdfunding campaign you did, or uh, what? Oh,
0: I had a little bit of experience. I did, a, I did another one, okay. and then I helped actually kind of consulted, uh, is what I call it, with Crane on, okay. on some other projects that he had, had, had done, um, and he had launched a few others in uh, like while he was in college. So I, yeah, I was yeah. just close to the platform the entire time. Okay. And so you I,
1: knew what's up with there. I knew generally what was up. Like, <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. I studied it. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was what yeah. I was,
0: well, we wanted to figure it out and okay. like kind of solve the puzzle. So, okay,
1: that, that's so dope. So when you started it, raised 300K, you said you dropped out of college?
0: I dropped out of college in 19, so okay. it was pretty much... So before much, that, yeah. you dropped out before this entire
1: thing started. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So where did you go to college? Like, what was that entire transformation from high school to college? I have a lot of young listeners, and I also graduated high school like three weeks ago. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> well, what were you doing from, like... 17, 18, high school graduate, to then dropping out, like, what was that transformation like?
0: Yeah, so I never really had a job in high, like, a, a real, like, we go a job. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I, <laughs> I, I never really understood, like, I mean, I definitely wasn't motivated to, I was I was okay, like, my parents, you know, we weren't wealthy, um, but, uh, you know, I, my parents, I didn't need to to find a job until maybe I was like 16, 17 years okay. old. That was when like my parents were like, okay, I'm, we're yeah. not we're not gonna just give you money to go to movies or do whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So, uh, you know, when I when I turned 17, I was like, okay, I need a job. My dad's pressured me get a job, get a job. And I just didn't, I, there was no motivation. Like I wasn't stoked to go work at, you know, uh, an ice cream store or whatever, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, what, what yeah. all the other kids were doing. Yep. <laughs> and what happened was I was on eBay and with my buddy and I found this t-shirt that like lit up to to, to music to sound. Oh, I've seen those. Uh, Yeah, they're yeah, called yeah. Uh, electro-luminescent t-shirts and <laughs> uh, and no one was selling them. I found them on eBay, it was like the coolest okay. thing I've ever seen. This was when no one had seen these things. So I bought one thinking, oh, it's probably gonna look like shit or too good to be true. Yeah. I get it and it was pretty cool, like, you know, playing music on my phone and it <laughs> went up and down to music and I talked to my dad about it and I was like, like, what if I sold these, like, would you give me a little loan? He said, sure, I'll give you a little loan, but if you don't sell through it, like if you don't sell the product you buy, then yeah. I'm taking your car away. And it was a car he gave me, so it wasn't much of a, a threat, but yeah. still like I wanted a car, so I had to <laughs> yeah. sell the stuff. Um and I got 200 of them. Spent a few thousand dollars on on basically the order. I found a supplier in Alibaba. First time ever using Alibaba. Okay. Uh, this was like early Alibaba. This is yeah. Because like, uh, that was
1: like the, a main conversation I feel like on Instagram nowadays. So you're like you were an early adopter to this whole. Oh yeah, I mean scene. this was like
0: 2006. Yeah, maybe? yeah, that's freaking. Yeah. I, I
1: was six, bro. <laughs> yeah, so it was dude, yeah, it was yeah. early
0: days. And and I uh, I so I wear these T-shirts and I'm like, okay, fuck. Now I have to sell them, right? Okay. Uh, I didn't have my license, I, I, st- I think I, don't, I didn't have my license yet or something, or like I was still waiting, on, I, I can't remember, but my buddy, I, I convinced my buddy to drive me down to Santa Monica, it was summertime, and Third Street Promenade was like the, one of the more touristy places that yeah. I knew that I figured I could walk around and not get yelled at to like yeah. sell something. So we'd both bring backpacks and fill them up with t-shirts, and I'd just walk through with my t-shirts on because okay. they lit up, and just, I'd have people come up to me and like point, and, and I'd have to sell them and, and talk to people. and. <laughs> Long story short, I sold through all 200 T-shirts, um, made enough money to not only buy more, but also invest in a, a website. And one one of the questions I always got was like, what, "What's your website? I want to buy them online. Yeah. I want to see what else you have." And I never had a website, so, or knew how to make a website. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, <laughs> "Okay, that's what next I need step. to figure out, right?" So uh, that was kind of next step. And I built a website, and um, and then like you know, I was getting one order a week, which was good. But it was like, okay, I built, spent all this time building yeah, yeah. this website. Like, what's next? Uh, and I realized I have to bring people to the website to drive tra- traffic. And not having any money, like, you know, AdWords was probably going on at the time, but no one's yeah. t- no one's typing in. This wasn't an intent product. This wasn't a product that you're looking to buy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because people didn't know it exists. So I needed to, to go and figure out a way to market myself. And I made a, um, I saw Kanye West, uh, he went live on a, or he did a performance at, uh, like the MTV Music Awards in 2007 mm-hmm. or something. And it was Love Lockdown, his song. And I basically took my video camera, plugged it into the TV, recorded the first 15 seconds, made a YouTube clip of him for the first six seconds saying, Mm. you know, starting the song. I titled the the YouTube clip like, unreleased, blah, 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 (laughs) blah, performance. And then six seconds into it, it's me with my t-shirt going, yo, check out the t-shirt. My name's Jay, blah, blah, blah. Here's the company. And those videos got like, uh, the first video got like a million views. No shit. And then I just started mass <laughs> producing. Adele would come out or like, Yo, oh, Fanny, so like, you had The
1: strategy. So like, I, new and, song. Boom. Yeah. And this was just before like
0: <laughs> YouTube even had, like, knew what was, like, they were yeah, dealing yeah. with a, a spam kind of issue like this. And so I just ran with it. Uh, <laughs> and that just evolved into another business. And then. I ended up having a retail store in a mall and eventually dropped out because this business had evolved over five years into a new business that was making me six figures uh, a year. And and I didn't know what that meant. Like basically my parents, my mom helped me with the bookkeeping, right? And then all I did was like marketing e-commerce and like what I enjoyed. Um, And she helped me with the shipping too. I did some of the shipping for a while. We hired people, but that was kind of like... before even getting to college I had this like okay
1: dope so that was in high school that was
0: happening that was kind of in high school transitioning into college okay and then I went all in about like when I was like I don't know 19 years old and and left Santa Barbara for six months to go open a store and then uh like fast forward I ended up getting put out of business by a, a, a kid who uh he was on Shark Tank uh, he had graduated college like he was all in and <laughs> okay. I was kind of like on the fence of like still wanting to be a kid have yeah, fun yeah. Uh, yeah having this business that I wasn't really passionate in the, about the industry but it yeah, was yeah. just like something I, I was making money yeah. with and uh, so that was kind of like where I learned a lot just in general okay. about okay. e-commerce and yeah marketing.
1: yeah I mean, that's that stuff you had experience before like watching yeah. this whole like the movement thing it was like so that was a five year like Process of the that was your main focus, like that's how you're making money,
0: that's like where your time was, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it was my life, uh, you know, that that was like the talking dope, point, dope. right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I never really had so I never had that job in in uh in high school because this was actually paying the bills yeah, yeah. or you know able to allow me to kind of live. Um, and the first job I ended up having was I got this valet job when I was like 20, uh, it was my last year. I still lived in in, in Santa yeah. Barbara where. Uh, I went to college. I went to college at SBCC for a year, but I still lived in Santa Barbara because I wanted the best of both worlds to have fun and network and just, like, enjoy yeah. life. But um, I wasn't going to school, so I was just paying rent up there, but my, my dad didn't have money to pay for me, yeah. so I had to go get a job. So I got this job doing valet. I was driving, like, Ferraris and BMWs, <laughs> and you'd have, like, Aventadors rolling, and you're just like, damn, like, who, yeah. who are... I, re- I remember writing down the, na- the last names of... Of people. And like looking is, them up and being like, you. How did this guy do what he, he's done? Yeah. And like uh and just kinda like trying to like figure out what I yeah, wanted to do with my curious life. As hell. And hell and, and I was making eighteen bucks an hour, like you'd make a you know, you get people throwing you twenty bucks yeah, for yeah. pulling up a car and it was a good job. But I fucking hated it. Yeah, which was so weird because everyone else around me loved it. This is like okay. this is the best job in college. Yeah,
1: he's driving foreigners around, parking them, and yeah, back. like it's <laughs> yeah. Not, it wasn't a tough
0: job. You stand yeah, around yeah. when a car pulls up, a nice car. You go, you, you drive it back, and you get to drive in nice cars. Uh, they had like a cafeteria with, uh, with great food. Like it was a not good, a bad gig. <laughs> and, 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 and 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 like you know you'd have Michael Jordan show up, Justin Bieber <laughs> would show up, Kobe Bryant. Like it was okay. a good. It was a five star hotel, yeah, like yeah. the best college job you can get. And yet, I, I absolutely hated it. And I had to disconnect with everyone I worked with. And that was when I actually really realized, I remember telling my dad, this is how I know I'm going to do something on my own because I hate this so much. Like, yeah. And that's, that's just not a normal thing for... You know, a 20 year old kid that yeah, hit yeah. a job that's paying him good money yeah. and should be awesome, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: what was from like the five year window of like doing all the teachers and stuff, like what's your parents' standpoint? Like, do they come from like, are they entrepreneurs? Like, were they like, what are you doing? Like, until you started making money, but like, what was your parents' intake on that? Because I, I get questions all the time, like, especially for me, like last year, I think I missed like 40 days of school just traveling. Yeah. People were like, oh, like, how do you get your parents to do, like, let you do that? And like, I, I always like to ask people, like, from you, like having a business, kind of going out of high school, like what was your parents' standpoint at yeah. the end of the day?
0: So I, I I'm probably a, a lucky one in the sense where my parents were pretty. Um, my dad, my dad's definitely an entrepreneur at heart. He started, uh, he started a couple businesses. Nothing that's been like explosive and like has taken off a, a yeah, ton. Yeah. Um, but and, and his business actually one of, he had a business for twenty years doing like credit reports and it it went under with the economy in 08. So. Okay. Was it oh yeah oh eight or 07 or, or he was even struggling a little bit before that? But I basically saw you know comfortable living from a family to like we're not taking vacations, we're not eating yeah. out anymore. Like we're struggling, so I, yeah. I I saw that and just realized like there is no really sec- even in anything security yeah. whether and there's I had friends parents who lost jobs right yeah. so whether you own your own business or not like there's there's not. Uh, like security forever you just have to be careful mm-hmm. and so it's just something I saw and, and it made me determined to go and we basically like ran through a lot of uh, like savings just yeah. to support the family so it's always been a goal to like help them Definitely. and retire them at some point but my dad was an entrepreneur, so he was very supportive. My mom was always very supportive. She saw what I was doing. Yeah, I think they definitely wanted me to finish high school. There's no reason for me not to be able to finish high school. Yeah, so, so, so they were like, "Do that." <laughs> when it came to college, like they were supportive of, over what I wanted to do. Um, but what I saw very quickly was, like, the second my business went under, it was like, "Get your shit together yeah. now, right?" Like, you're in the real world. Figure it out. Yeah. And I was always like, "Well, I want to." F- Start something else. So I don't know. There was like support, but they're worried, so they're, they they kind of want to like push you. Like, there was definitely a point in time where my parents were worried and didn't <laughs> necessarily know if I was motivated enough oh, yeah. or had the work ethic. Because it it was it was actually really interesting. Me and my dad had a very different. We have a different type of work ethic. Um, like for my for I had these glow in the dark T shirts as an example, yeah. and my dad would go and he build this contraption for I could go and spray paint this glow in the dark. Shirt these regular T-shirts with glow in the dark paint, yeah, and make them glow in the dark and like it, it was it was this it was part of the business I had okay. right, and he built this whole thing out of like he was a craftsman like he yeah, just yeah. loved shit like that, and I'm not I'm more of like a techie like yeah, I like yeah. like the computers <laughs> yep. social media like that's how my mind thinks, and and I and and I just remember like not that we would get in fights but like I, I could see he would think that there was a lack of motivation because I didn't like going out and like spray painting these these T-shirts, yeah. What I liked was like the marketing. I liked the creative side, I liked the strategy, and, and like what I ended up doing is I, I found a supplier in Asia to outsource all of the dirty work in, in manufacturing. Dude. Like, wh- Why yeah. should I be doing that in the States when I can go and pay someone else to do that? And they did it better, and they packaged yeah. it, And like when I was doing it, I took over my parents' garage and like, it was just like the worst experience. (laughs) So, and I've had a lot of instances like that with my dad and I, I've just realized that like we're different. He, he's the type of guy who likes to do it himself because that's what he enjoys and that's fine. For me, I'm definitely more of like, I just want, I like to delegate and continue to grow. Like that's just the way my mind works. I I don't think I enjoy doing one thing for a long period of Mm -hmm. time. Um, Specifically, like I like doing different things. I like... I like being in, in movement and growing movement, yeah, yeah. but I've done so many different things within movement that it's it's been interesting. Yeah. So there there's there's definitely times where we butt heads, but I think at the end of the day, like um, they were very supportive in Dope. in what I wanted to do, and um, but there was pushback at times too. So you just kind of have to like you know Is work it. it yeah, I, yeah. I don't know that my parents ever. The first year, I don't even know if that they were all bought in on movement, okay. right? Even doing a million really? million dollars, okay. I don't know that they were like saw the vision yet. Okay. Uh, to give you perspective yeah, yeah. so you still kind of have like okay but
1: bit, when are you gonna
0: when are you gonna start consulting or like for a while I was like I'm gonna help other people uh build their you know um companies on Kickstarter yeah
1: yeah
0: I think my dad was more excited about that for okay. a bit than he was of, of actually okay. uh, you know launching movement into whatever yeah, yeah. You know, I, I my, my belief was because he it was hard for that like the older generation to, to understand how you're going to build a watch company or any company, like yeah. fashion company at that, yeah. that didn't connect. But yeah. I obviously saw something through social media yeah. and the way people interacted with movement early on. So. That's
1: dope, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we touched on that, man. I think a lot of young people are just, they let their parents, some people are like, yeah, my parents are like super negative towards it. Like, what, what would you give someone that's like, they don't have the support? Because I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like, my parents are the supportive type, but it's also like, what if that or what if this you know so like what would you tell to some young person that's like he's passionate as hell about what he's doing but like he just has no in-house support from his family at all
0: yeah i mean i think you got to use it as motivation right like yeah, it's yeah. hard and, and it's hard for me to relate entirely for i know sure. there were times where like me and my parents for sure but like we we had we, there was like definitely early days where we were like arguing like I, I got they kicked me out of the house for a couple of days like I don't even remember why but like it was like <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. some like stuff like that and nothing serious like I have a great relationship with my parents and it was never bad but there were times where like we had we had huge disagreements on, mm-hmm. on life and um so I and, and I think I used that as motivation I used the fact that like I was never good in school and like and I, I almost felt like I was kind of being talked down to by not just my parents but like by society yeah. like like, you're not... They just felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't yeah, doing yeah. it right. I wasn't doing it right. And um, at the end of the day, like, I, I just wanted to be happy. And, okay. and being happy wasn't going a route that... And I'm not one of those people that can be miserable, like, yeah. live miserably. Yeah. Right? Like, I hated my job doing ballet. I, I, I ended up quitting <laughs> after a year because I just couldn't take it yeah. anymore. And and so so I think for, for people, um, first off, try and surround yourself with other people who... Uh, who have accomplished what you're trying to accomplish so if it's other entrepreneurs yeah. or if you're or if maybe you don't know what you want to accomplish it just go surround yourself with different people and get different uh you know kind of uh, opinions on it because yeah. what i found is like my dad was successful in his own craft i have friends and family and other you know people who are successful in their own industry but mm it doesn't mean that they're gonna give me good ideas about movement or understand what I'm doing. For sure. Um, And I think that's where I I found like, I guess I I kinda got confused for a while because I would go and talk to different, all I wanted to do is talk to someone successful. Right, like even driving valet, like whenever someone came up, I'd wanna pick his brain about something. But for what I'm doing today in e-commerce and and building this lifestyle brand, um, there's not a lot of people who could probably give me good input on, on, what I'm doing here for my brand. So cutting edge. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's just a different business model. And so what I found is like, a lot of times I talk to really successful people, but it's just, they were just on different like wavelengths in in that degree. Um, So I don't know. I I would just push people to like use it as motivation because I think that'll actually drive you harder than the next guy. Like a guy whose parents are cool and supportive and and they're like comfortable versus someone who's trying to prove it and and make it in the world. Like, I almost think that you have an edge to, to, to work harder. So I, I would just um you know use it as motivation, and and um, I think dope. it'll help in the long run.
1: Dope, dope. Well, I want to talk about movement. So like you're bringing up social media, all this sort of stuff. And I remember in the interview you did with Gerard Adams, you talked about different influencers and growing. And obviously, like if you look at the movement page now on Instagram, like. One of the most just, the content's dope as hell. You're working with cool ass people. So, like, I want to bring it back because obviously, like, 2018, social media, Instagram, everything's popping, right? Like, it's the thing to do now. I hear all the time, like, the e-commerce thing is blowing up industry-wise, right? The Shopify scene. So, like, you were cutting edge of all this stuff regarding just building a brand and really having suppliers out in different countries but then actually building a brand around it. So, like when you first started the Instagram page, like social media wise, was that the primary like marketing strategy from the day one or like what was the intent social media wise when you
0: started? Yeah, I mean it, it was, there wasn't like, it's funny, the, the people compare like, oh it was easier back then versus like, uh, it's too saturated now, like everyone's doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think there's, there's there was different struggles. Like back then it was, no one knew where to go. Right, it was like there, you had Twitter. You didn't have Snapchat at the time. Yeah. You had Facebook. That that still like the fan pages were still a thing. It wasn't yep. like like people were still on Facebook a lot more. Uh, Instagram was kind of like brands weren't really on there that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a need. And for us, it was just like we were trying to figure out where we wanted to go and like what made sense. Um, so for us, it was like you know I, I started. We did a lot on Facebook early on, okay. and I saw Facebook really work. Okay. Um, we did giveaways. We communicated with people. Like fa- I was on Facebook every single day okay. more than I was on Instagram for the first year, okay. and that helped build the business. Um, and then, and I really just relied on like where our customers were. Like wherever they were, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna talk to them, and. And then, you know, we were like, okay, well we're a visual brand, like, you know, and we didn't have enough content to do Instagram yeah. quite well yet, so I think it took about six to, to 12 months before people had their watches, they were taking pictures, yeah, we are yeah. like, okay, now we can start an Instagram and actually so, like, get people here. So then we started doing that and like building the Instagram just organically, like we weren't doing any influencer marketing still, mm-hmm. even in, in year one, no influencer marketing, it was just, you know, Posting pictures, talking to the fans, doing giveaways, yeah, just trying to just experimenting and seeing what culture, worked. like you're yeah. building a culture exactly. And we had Twitter at the same time, but I, I quickly realized, like, and also it was just kind of like common sense, a tweet, you know, tweets are more like real time, like as you yeah. tweet, they're there and then they're gone. Where Instagram was a more visual, like, you know, it, it, however the algorithm worked, like yeah, you yeah. just see it longer. So um, for for us, it was like okay, uh, Instagram made sense, and and then I think year two was when we were. Started to see some people who we thought, okay, what because our fans are posting content, yeah. Right? And we're like, oh, this is awesome, we're getting people to post content yeah, for yeah. free, yeah, just because they love what we're doing. What if we went and like worked with this, you know, influencer and yeah, or photographer. Yeah, photographer, whoever, and and we'd go to one and and they'd be like, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I haven't been paid before, but if you guys want, like, <laughs> Dude, that's crazy, and we just dictate like what we wanted to pay people, <laughs>
1: yeah, there's no limit, there was no limit, or like was no limit yeah. You know. And it was
0: a small, I mean, you know, it wasn't like there weren't, yeah. You know, uh, Instagram just announced there's a billion people using the platform. Yeah. There wasn't a billion people using the platform back yeah, then. I yeah. think it was like sub 200 million at the time, but okay. still early. Yeah, it's still early, and, but it was still big. And, and so we found momentum there. Um, but, you know, we we kind of invented the game and like it worked. There wasn't a long period of time where influencer marketing, where we were there and influencer marketing was just crushing it. Like we were doing good for a while, but we were still a small company. So we didn't have the money or the inventory to go yeah, yeah. and spend like, we spend more today than we do back then. Like, we yeah. just couldn't have. So, yeah. uh, it was a good way to get started. I, I still think those opportunities are around today. They're just in different areas. I feel.
1: Well, that's, that's sick, man. So, like, regarding Instagram and, like, when it comes to the marketing strategy, because, like, obviously, if you look at the page now, it's, like, high-quality pictures. Like, you, it's like I just follow it when it's, like, the content's dope, you know? Like, so yeah. from, from the standpoint of branding, like, when was the... I would say pivot point when it comes to like working with influencers to like getting the return on investment from working with them like was that an instant thing or like was it a lot of testing because obviously like the influencer marketing space now is more like highly taught like sought after and these big brands are working with influencers so like in that time it wasn't like the thing to do yet you know so like yeah. when you were doing that like how how did it go with influencers was it like you guys tested with twenty or you guys found like five that were you're like let me send you free products and take pictures for it or like what was the strategy when you guys started just to like to fill people in a little bit
0: yeah I, I, you know i can't remember exactly to be honest i think we started working with like certain ones that i followed i think watch specific yeah, ones yeah. right like there was like a few watch ones out there and we were like all right let's work with these guys yeah. and it made sense yeah and then we, we saw performance so we'd go okay cool that worked wow holy shit let's go find five others will this work will that work yeah. and then we just started testing from there and like built the strategy out internally and, and what worked and built relationships. And, and then it was kind of like, you know, we, we knew what the brand represented, but didn't really have the content to go out and get it yet. So we said, could we go and pay these people to just do, you know, get content yeah, with yeah. our watches and, and, um, and like really build the brand. And, and, you know, we didn't want to just post watches on our Instagram because no one wants to just follow just yeah, watches yeah. unless you're a watch nut. And so for us, it was like people who liked fashion or liked, you know, a, a lifestyle. And, and for us, like, um, you know, it was always about kind of living life to its fullest and, and uh, you know, on your own terms. So for us, it was building this life, lifestyle, uh, utilizing Instagram to really yeah. showcase like, what that means yeah. visually, because it's hard to, to explain in a sentence, but when you really see it, you know, yeah, you, you see it uh, on a platform, you're like, oh, this is what movement yep. means, and this yeah. is what it's all, this is what, like, wearing the watch represents, yeah. or, or, or wearing any accessory that we sell. Yep. Um, we've kind of pivoted to just, you know, we still call ourselves a, a watch and accessories brand, but really it's accessories lifestyle. Like, okay. we don't want to just be considered a, a watch brand, because okay. as we have sunglasses or jewelry, like, we want... Like, it, it, it means more than just, you know, uh, any any product. And I think yeah. some of the best brands out there um, represent something more than just a physical product yeah. anyway. You look at Nike, Supreme, yeah. Ideas, like, those guys sell. Higher handful. purpose. Of exactly. Yeah, so, for yeah. us, like, that's what we, we want to get to and where we're that's going. Um, we're still early, but, um, you know, that that's kind of, like, the goal of where we want to be.
1: Dude. No, I see that 100%, man. That's dope. Thank so, you. like, regarding accessory-wise, because, like, you guys started, like, stri- strictly just watches, right? And then... From that standpoint, my question I wanted to ask you like, when it comes to accessories, watches, has that always just been like a passion of yours or like you've been interested in that sort of stuff? Or like, how did the watch scene get brought up? Like, was it something you just loved or yeah. what was it? So, I,
0: you know, I was always into fashion. And when I say that, I, like, I wasn't like I was walking uh, or I wasn't like I was like looking at fashion shows and yeah. stuff like that. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, I, I liked fashion. I liked to express myself. Um, I liked accessories. So, I, like, I liked, I liked it in that sense, right? Yeah, I also yeah. never had the money to even like. I, I hate. I hated looking at stuff that like I couldn't afford. So Like when I was younger, <laughs> like I didn't really like looking at cars or stuff like that because I was like, I'm not like I can't buy this yeah, right yeah. now. So like it was more of like it, it was more of like what what could I afford? What what do I want to get to? And for me, um, I, I definitely loved watches. Uh, I think that it was more of like an accessory that I I thought that there was really a lacking need in the market. Yeah. Like I looked at all the brands out there and I said. Okay, I'm 20, 21 years old here, and you know, there's not a brand that I really resonate with. Yeah, you know, there's there's. From a from a, a brand perspective, like I just felt like they were outdated, and they they <laughs> like relied on either TV ads or or uh, Macy's to like tell their story. You know, what yeah, yeah. Like, when I bu- when I would buy a girlfriend a watch, I'd go to Macy's. I <laughs> hey, which one's better, this one or this one? And the girl would tell me Bla, blah 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 blah. She didn't yeah. know, and it was just a bad experience. I was yeah, like, yeah. the only reason I buy it was Michael Kors, right? Yeah. You're like the only reason I'm buying this is because like everyone's talking about Michael Kors right now. I don't know what they stand- I don't know what they stand <laughs> yeah. for. The prices. Is- Expensive. I don't know why it's priced that much. Like there was, I had no connection with that. Right. So, and then there was some that like had a little bit more of a lifestyle feel, but it was like to skate surf. Mm -hmm. Right. It was action sports or, you know, there were some that were just really, really bland and and like old school, been around for 50, 60 years. So for me, you know, when I looked at it, I I liked brands like Nike. I liked brands like Supreme. It was, it was brands that, that had this cool effect and did collabs and, and stood for something. So for me, a watch seemed like a great place to start, uh, and something that I love too. But I knew eventually that I'd want it to evolve into something else, and, and really, it was just what I wanted. Like I was building this brand for for me and my demo. Yeah. Um. But I wanted to make sure that it wasn't it wasn't excluding like a bunch of people. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that it was like core to, to my beliefs, and then. You know, if, if if older demos, younger demos, demos related to, to like the aesthetic of the watch yeah. or what the brand represents, which I think it's a pretty universal, it's this very aspirational kind of, again, live life on your own terms mentality, which I think a lot of people strive yeah, yeah. To, to, to have Definitely. a, a lifestyle st- like that or even just a belief system like that. Yeah. So.
1: That's, that's dope, man. So for people that may not know, like when it comes to the, the foundation of getting the watches and selling them, when it comes to inventory or outsourcing for fulfillment, like how did that all play a part at the beginning? Because I think a lot of people listening, they may know what drop shipping, not even drop shipping, but like outsourcing and getting products from the outside of the country is. But like for when you first started, like did you have all these products in-house or was it did you ever see them? Or how did that all go when it comes to like building a brand?
0: Yeah, so if we rewind rewind back to my couple Older businesses, right? Yeah. I shipped everything myself. I housed all the inventory. My parents' living room looked like a fucking <laughs> shit show. Yeah, yeah. I had an like I had to deal with all that, right? Okay. And all those things—logistics, getting different rates, how to ship it, returns, uh, inventory—all those things were things that I, as a an un, uneducated person in that specific field, yeah. uh, had to do. And it wasn't my passion, right? Yeah. So what I what I realized is like. That was not something I wanted to do this time around, right? I wanted <laughs> to do something. I wanted to focus on building the brand and not having to deal with, you know, the logistics of the back end and stuff yeah. like that. Like, let's make sure the website looks good. Let's make sure the social media, <laughs> on point. the product. Like, I yeah. wanted to do things I enjoyed, but also, like, things that I, that the customer cared about. Yeah. And, at, like, I've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs now. My take is, is like, I don't want to be – you want to be the best at everything you possibly can, right? Yeah. Like, I want to be the best – Brand, I want to be the best, have the best product, but like I'm not going to be able to be the best fulfillment center, yeah. right? Like there's people that are, you know, have 20 years of experience or yeah, have yeah. the capital to do whatever. Like that was not what I wanted to do. Also, physically I couldn't have done that because if I started selling, our first day we sold four watches, right? Okay. And then a year later we're selling, you know, whatever <laughs> it is, 100 watches a day, okay. right? Or sorry, yeah, so our first day we sold four and then a year later on a day we're selling like yeah, 100. Yeah. To go from that level of scale, like me personally, would have been miserable, yeah. maybe impossible. Yeah. So relying on the third party, I was actually able to grow without feeling those growing pains myself. That's dope. Um, so that that was something that I, I, I learned quickly, and we've outsourced different areas from that. Mm-hmm. Our website, um, like we had a third-party agency help with the development and, yeah, and, yeah. and building that out, rather than me having to hire a, a, a developer. Yeah, because that's a whole another thing is you have to hire a developer, and then there's a designer, and like, what if you hit that developer's <laughs> peak? Like, do you fire them? Do you keep yeah, them? Yeah, do you yeah. like? And it's a salary too. Like, yeah. you just don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So, I I tend to say outsource in the areas that um that either like need a level of expertise or infrastructure to build. Yeah. Uh, and then focus on like the most important pieces of the business, which I, I always consider to be the brand, mm-hmm. uh, the product. Now, if the product's like if you're bu- building a you know a- an app or something, then maybe you want someone in house because that's yeah. your product. Yeah, right? Yeah, but yeah. for us, it was a physical good. Manufacturing was was outsourced. That, that made okay. sense for us. Like yeah. we're not going to open a, a manufacturing facility. Um, and then we the, the the main places again were like. We focused on the marketing side, yeah. so I taught myself Facebook. I taught myself certain areas where I, I wasn't an expert in, but I had to learn so I could outsource it eventually. Yeah, whether it's hiring someone at one point or finding yeah. an agency. So, um, I think marketing is a very important like that's that's the lifeblood of how you scale a business, yeah. right? Like, how do you how do you get people to <laughs> yeah. your website? And if you don't know what you're doing, then you can't control or manage someone. To do it for you because you don't know how, to, t- how if- to tell them if they're doing a good or bad job. Yeah. I have people telling me, like, even successful companies today, like, I think that's one of the issues. Is, like, I see people find a level of success with Facebook or some type of mm-hmm. marketing tactic. And they're like, oh, my guy's an expert. Like, he's doing a good job. Yeah. But they're not an expert. So it's hard for them no, to know. It's hard for them to yeah, tell, yeah. right? And I don't want to, like, step on people's toes. But I, I tend to believe that, like, people don't have, they think they have experts, but they don't. Yeah. I get it
1: for sure that that's dope. So wh- when it comes to I know we touched on earlier when it comes to like scaling, obviously like this freaking office is so dope now, but like moving back in time, like from an individual standpoint, like what was the the thought process of scaling? did you have an end goal of having an office like this or like what was your intent when it comes to scaling because I think the question I want to ask like specifically is like when it comes to building an in-house team a culture I think nowadays a lot of people they'll just do a lot of stuff in their laptop they don't have that peer-to-peer interaction on a daily basis from like an in-house team standpoint so like what's been your I would say strategy or style to building a team developing a real culture in-house like how did that play a part and really what was the struggles and obviously successes from all that stuff
0: yeah, I think you have to decide early on what you what you're doing, like this for your business. Yeah, are you doing it because you want to be able to work remote and travel and go on vacation and have a team that's remote? Yeah, some people love that. Like that's what they want. Um, is it like for me? My my goal was like I want to grow a, a big company. Yeah, I want to grow. I, I want to see movement have stores, I want to see, you know, I want to see this lifestyle brand turn into a brand that's respected, like a Nike or Adidas, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want, and I, that's where I wanted want and, and wanted to, it to go back then, I think. So that was the, the big picture in the back of my head, but yeah. like, I wasn't gonna like, put all the puzzle pieces together, because I just, yeah, yeah, things sure. change, I don't know where, sure. how I could have <laughs> like, thought exactly, like the roadmap, but Knowing that was the goal, it was like, Okay, we need to get an office. Yeah. We need to get I wanna hire people. I wanna hire people who are here and have that same thought process. Not people who are like, Oh, I could work from home. This is cool, this is a cool startup, it's easy. I want people who wanted to build this the same way I wanted to build it. So you get a team of people who are on the same mentality as you and in the same belief and you talk about your belief with them. I think yeah. it's important as the founder vocalizes like where they see the vision and you don't have to be overly vocal if you're still like figuring stuff out. But yeah. um, you know, I think everyone knew that like where we were going and that we enjoyed growing it. Cause some companies, all my money that I've made goes back into the business. I reinvested okay. to grow. Okay. Where some people are very, uh, you know, they, they want a, a more comfortable lifestyle, which yeah. is totally fine. But like they're taking money out of their company and uh, and and to to live off of more, yeah. yeah, have a more you know comfortable life where we don't have any outside capital. So it was like we want to grow, we want to grow, yeah. we want to see this become the company we want it to be. That's dope. So just two different ways to look at it. I think from a culture standpoint, it's really simple for me. I just make sure that I genuinely like the the people. They obviously yeah. talented and everything there, but yeah, uh, I'd rather find someone who's like overly who who. I can really relate with, have a conversation with, with. yeah, Yeah, like sit across the lunch table and and have lunch with and talk with. Like, I want a genuine, good person. And I know that sounds crazy, but like that's that's been our that's been our (laughs) motto. Yeah, that's been our like (laughs) culture how we how we check people for culture and just making sure. And um, I mean, obviously, we want people who are talented, but there's been times where maybe we passed on people who were were you know the most talented candidate because the culture just wasn't right and you just have to be careful and and I think we have a really good team we really haven't had a ton of like turnover which is really really rare for uh, a business uh, that's been in for five years especially in our space and being in LA is tough too because it's really competitive Yeah, there's a lot of like good companies out here so uh, I think everyone really enjoys what they're doing everyone has that hard work ethic and is motivated by like being a disruptive brand and uh, just uh, genuinely I get it
1: that's dope that's freaking That's so sick. So when it comes to the question of when you hire, is it no college degree, college degree, does that even play a picture as a CEO? Because I think a lot of people, young people, it's like, if you're hiring people or you're someone that's looking for a job even, it's like, how does that process look in 2018 from a CEO that has a massive company? Yeah,
0: so it's funny, because I don't have a college degree. Dope. And (laughs) I still like to put on the back of my or on the, on our uh, job recs, I'll still put like uh, you know requires a a bachelor degree. But here's <laughs> yeah. my thought on that: is if you're hungry enough, like you're going to reach out if you want the job, if you want to work someone. And that's actually it's almost like a barrier to entry. It's like if you're not gonna if you're not gonna just apply because of, of something on paper that it yeah. says, then maybe like you shouldn't work here. So yeah. I almost want people I to get just it. be hungry for <laughs> it. And I think that's how you have to be, like you don't take no for an answer, yeah. right? Like ask a different Remembers. way. Get, yeah, exactly, get in contact. So at first I was like, oh, this is like, a, it's against kind of what I represent, but now I'm, I'm kind of like, <laughs> funny. you know, and, I, and, and there's people here who don't have college degrees okay. for sure, but, um, i just think it was like an important thing to be like if you're hungry enough like yeah. you'll make it work you'll figure it out
1: that's dope so, that, that's unique so yeah. i have a couple more questions for you man so like in regards to just like current day-to-day like catching them up to speed with like the current operation not so much looking back but like when it comes to your day in and day out i always like to talk about like what does your average day look like when you wake up come to the office because i have obviously it's like you have a you have an hq like what does your Days look like just on, a, on
0: average. Yeah, so it's changed a lot, and I think it will always continue to change. Yeah, yeah. Uh, year one and two was um me. Year one, two, and three were actually me just like owning everything. Figure okay. it out, right? Like, you got to work harder <laughs> than the next guy. Yeah. You're fighting to stay alive. Like, you don't, like, it's just hustle time, right? Yeah. And I was like all in, heads down, like just wanted to grow. I touched everything from manufacturing to like knew what was going on with customer service to product to marketing to hiring people. Like it was all to insurance, like just every anything that like the company needed. I was, you know, uh, I I was going in and out of like um, like even the bookkeeping stuff. Like you're you're touching everything, right? And then you then you start to hire people and like you get some help and. Uh, and then I was like more so like I was like okay I'm going to really grow this business through e-commerce through, yeah, yeah. through like marketing um, still heavily involved in product and then as I've hired people uh, even like we did 30 million dollars and I was still running like a lot of like I was still involved in all the decisions yeah. marketing decisions I was basically CMO, CEO like yeah, doing yeah. both of both worlds and, uh, and then we hired a CMO who came on and, and I kind of went through this phase where I stopped like touching every single piece of marketing I was still okay. involved but I didn't have ownership if something went on the website I didn't necessarily know every time it okay. went on where before it was like if a picture changed I knew like I was on the web yeah. it, it was just a weird process to like yeah. see this change and, and it, it taught me a good lesson because you know I, I hired someone who's been doing it for a long time was is, is definitely uh you know smarter in, in the sense of like understanding how to to build out marketing models yeah. and and build you know, through acquisition and TV and everything else that we're yeah. doing. So much more talented and knew how to like manage the team better. But the vision was still important and still being connected was still okay. important. So that that was something that I definitely learned to like delegate, but still be involved and, and be the visionary there. And um, so now my days change where like I actually don't have direct ownership of like any day to day piece or even like, I, you know, I have okay. people who, who report to me, but... Um, and tell me what's going on and I'm in and you know we have slack and I'm still involved and talking to people but as the company grows like I've delegated more and more where um, you know I come to work and it's more of like thinking about like what's next where we're going like being involved in, in big decisions talking through stuff like I'm still involved and understand what's going on but it's I try and do things that only a CEO or only a founder can yeah. can really do, which is you know networking with other founders. Like yeah. I, I for sure, I I've learned more from networking with other founders okay. um, than really any book has ever taught me. Yeah. Like sitting and talking with a founder, being like, "Hey, have you have you done this?" or like, "What do you think about this?" Yeah, and then them giving me input has saved me millions of yeah, from yeah. not making mistakes, yeah. and I've also made millions from from just hearing this advice yeah, and yeah. then and then running with it. So. Yeah. 100% like and that's something that like maybe only a CEO can give back yeah. to another CEO because yeah. it's that level of you're in the same boat I'm in the same yeah, boat yeah. transparency dude versus someone else in my team just going in and having a, a coffee with another yeah. CEO it's it's a little different so I try and do the things that um, that only a, a founder can do and just strategy overall like where the business is going yep. where we're headed um, so I still love the marketing side of things <laughs> yeah. but uh, I've just realized that if I'm going to grow this thing, I have to be more visionary and and delegate to a lot of other people. Dope. That's it, man. Sort of like this, man. Like I have this podcast so I can sit down with more people hey, for, for the
1: intent of asking them questions but then sharing it with the audience. You know what I'm saying? 100%. That's, that's literally my, like, I don't monetize it. It's just straight the intent of sitting down and so, say, like, no, it's I great. totally resonate with you Yeah,
0: that. It's, it's a great way to network and talk to people yeah. and, like, you're learning and the relationships you can build from yeah. having. I mean, you get... You get a reason to have a, an hour or two long conversation. Dude, exactly, like, It's a great, it's a great, you know, way in the door, and yeah. um, and I think it's and it'll you'll you'll look back at this and go, wow, that podcast actually like changed my life yeah. in a sense <laughs> more than anything else.
1: So. Yeah, for sure, man. So I, I have a, a question that's sort of near the ending point of this whole interview is just when it comes to moving forward in a sense, when it comes to like you as a person, daily habits, whatever. Are you the type of person that's more like? obviously outward looking or is it more day in and day out focused on the, the nitty gritty like one day at a time sort of outlook or like what's meaning like are you more like in the moment now like let's get this done but then have that outside vision or focusing on the outside vision and then having the team kind of catch up to speed on the day in and day out
0: um, that's a good question dude I, I mean I think I think it's a combination of both um, you know there's things that we have to do today um, to get to yeah, tomorrow yeah. so it's kind of you know, we have just big. It, it's kind of we have a you know few years of like where we want the company to be. Like okay. we know where we want to like, go, right? Okay. But I think it's important that we execute well today yeah. uh, to get there. And we're not at a point yet where like like it's still very like there's still a ton of involvement for me and and Kramer, my co-founder, to like yeah. get there today. So, um, but like we know what if we get there today and we do it successfully and everything works, or if like yeah. we execute you know most things well. Where the business is going to be in three, five years from now. So, so it's definitely a combination of both. But it's funny because like until I got, we have a you know kind of SVP of finance now that came in here and having our CMO, like we're we're thinking more. Like outward looking, just okay. just to help us, like exercise, yeah, yeah. like how we, where we want to grow, what how we want to grow. So it's it's an interesting exercise, and I think it's good because it gives you direction. But okay, um, and also like some things you need to plan two years in, ahead of time. Like you just need to know yeah, that yeah. like we want to we want to get here in, in two years from now because yeah. you know some, t- some things take eighteen months of of planning or of whatever it is. So for us, um, it's definitely a little bit of both. I can't say it. it's like more one or, or the yeah. other. So man, so
1: last question, man, before we wrap it up is just when it comes to your journey, like obviously you're 27, I'm 17, so you're like 10 years ahead, right? So it's like, in the standpoint of those 10 years, if you had to look back, just not even just business wise, but life wise, and the tactical things that you've learned moving forward, like what's been like two tips of advice, just like that you've been able to utilize, maybe that's daily habits or advice that you've heard from someone that you've sat down with that you think have just like been a core value of yours that you'd like to like instill to other people. You think?
0: Yeah, uh, so the networking thing is huge, right? Um, whether it's forums, whether it's 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 for networking and education, self education. So it's it's podcasts. It can be books. Yeah, uh, I, I like the I like podcasts more to be honest. Like yeah. I actually I I used to Dope. read or listen to more more books. I've actually slowed down and, and listened to more podcasts than too, anything actually. because it's just <laughs> like it's it's uh it's more it's real time. There's yeah. no fluff. Right. Sometimes books have like a lot of fluff yeah, yeah. or there's a, an agenda there. People are trying to sell something. Yeah. Right. They're like, they, they made this book to sell the information. Like, yeah, yeah. Not to say that there's some great books out there and I definitely have some that I could recommend too. But uh, podcasts were just like more specific to more raw, like just yeah, people yeah. speaking. They don't yeah. have a chance to like write and edit. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah
1: make it perfect. <laughs> exactly.
0: So that, that's a big thing. Um, forums have been good, whether it's Reddit or there's a bunch of entrepreneur forums. I think um, going out and meeting people, uh, taking the time to like go and meet other entrepreneurs, I think yeah. is really, to, to learn that there's people who have the same way of thought as you do, you do. Like that was one thing back then, there wasn't, there weren't you out there like <laughs> talking, having podcasts like yeah, this. Yeah, like, for yeah. me, I couldn't find like people like me, okay. which is really weird, I was, I was kind of felt alone. Okay. Uh, I like Kramer, my business partner, was the first person who I was like, okay, we align, like we're both entrepreneurs, okay. this is weird, this is the first time I've ever seen okay. this. And we both are college dropouts, like this is like the okay. first type of thing, so. So really, just networking, self education, um, I think is really important. I, I say this, which uh, you know, you're going to go through early stage grind, right? Where you're like, I am willing to to give up, you know, going to the gym or going out and having nights yeah. with friends. And I read this quote that was like, you know, uh, it's like, uh, what was it? It's like live a few years of your life like no one uh, will, so you can live the rest like no one can. Yeah. And I, I always read that, and I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like uh, Mark Cuban talks about. <laughs> yeah taking, uh, working seven years with no vacations. And yep. Gary Vaynerchuk's very, like, hardcore, let's go, let's yeah, do yeah. this, like, get, off, get up off your ass. And I think that's motivating. What I realized is I used to um, be contradicted in, like, well, like, I, I, I love what they're about, but also, like, I think there's a work-life balance because yeah, I went through yeah. a stage two years in where, like, I kind of crashed and burned, two yeah. years in the movement where I was, yeah. like, had bad anxiety and, like, it was, like, I, I worked too hard or, like, yeah. been too – I wasn't balanced so for a bit I kind of realized that you have to be you have to have a balance between both and because if you burn out it's going to take longer for you to get back to where you were than to like you know have a work life balance so make sure you go to the gym make sure you eat well make sure you take your vacations or do whatever whatever it is that you need to do some people work in different ways some people can go harder than others like if you need to like I was trying to get in earliest and like leave latest, right, yeah, yeah. and like I didn't really care about the gym because that was like secondary to, yeah. <laughs> to everything else I wanted. So yeah. over the last two years though, like since I've kind of had those like the burnouts, I've been able to balance it more. And I think when I when I look at like Gary Vee and Mark Cuban, those guys say the things they did because they want and they what they do is because they want to motivate people yeah. who are, you know, working the nine to five and, and, and realizing, okay, like this is, I have to have that mentality, yeah, yeah. Like I gotta go for it, okay. Uh, and I think they they always press on them a lot, but it's because they're like motivating people who are who maybe aren't quite there yet. But people yeah. like us who are out there grinding, I think it's important to have a balance because yeah. otherwise, if you burn out, it's it's a process to get out of that mindset, and it's just not something you really wish on anyone yeah. if they're if they're um, you know going after something they're passionate about. Because then it starts yeah. to make things like un, you're you're not you're unhappy to a degree,
1: yeah, and then
0: you just take like you know two steps backwards, so. Okay.
1: Well, shit! That was a good way to end it. Man. Yeah. I, you heard it here, everyone. Jake Kassin. dude, this was dope, man. I, yeah, I think no, I appreciate it. that was that was some fire shit to end it with, man. Just like so, when it comes, is that like as in just like traveling or taking a step back to actually like rethink and just like be just in like without all the stress is that what you're gonna get in i think like...
0: i think like the first two years of the business it was like it was everything i could have dreamed for yeah, right yeah. I, like, I did a million dollars I, I had this goal is to do a million dollars to make a million dollars before i was 25 and i was 20 what 22 or when in the business did a million dollars yeah, so I was yeah. Like, okay check Hell yeah. Like, Hell that's like yeah. that's awesome uh i was like what's next like let's keep going let's yeah. keep going like and and it was just like diligent like i stopped listening to music in my car ride it was only podcasts i stopped watching tv yeah. like i also stopped going to the gym like i stopped doing some of the things that i enjoyed right yeah. and it was just like work 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 sacrifice everything else like i kind of yeah. like I, I i probably didn't have great relationships with people okay. um to some degree like i kind of was like work first work first okay. like and, and so it was just a, it was just like a lopsided balance and i think looking back like it's important to have that work ethic, and you're you want to work harder than the next guy because, you know, he's trying to put you out of business. Yeah. But I just think it's it's important to remember that um, you will burn out. Everyone does. Or also like, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because you look at some very very successful people, and they're unhappy or like the yeah. the, the family lives are bad. And yeah. it's like you have to realize like what you're willing to sacrifice. So and it's hard it's hard to say that day one when you're trying to figure it yeah. out. But that's why I just say like. It's okay to be all in and motivated and work hard, but just don't forget to like make sure you treat your your your, your body and your brain yeah. well because you will have that moment when you're you're close to burning out or burnt out, and yeah, and then you have to like pick back up from that and picking yeah, back and up. That's the harder part. Yeah, picking back up it just takes time because you're not mentally in a good state. And yeah. So I think it's just important to 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 think about that as yep. you're going through your process.
1: Well, dope, man. Well, appreciate yeah, you coming appreciate on the show, man. Yeah. Everyone, make sure, if you haven't already, followed Jake on Instagram, his brand, the movement on Instagram, whatever that may be. All the social medias will be linked down below. Definitely check it out if you have not already because, just like, like you said earlier, with the, the Instagram page, man, like, dude, the, the brand is some phenomenal, like... Machine that you've been able to build, man. I've been following it for a while, man. So I definitely want everyone listening. If you haven't already, go check it out. And that being said, thank you so much for tuning in to the Rise of the Young podcast and I will see you guys soon. Peace.
0: This ain't luck, this is by design. I had to work in the dark for my light to shine. A lot of people are dope, they just quit too just soon. Quit too a too lot soon. of rappers, a lot of rappers, go cause they, they got rich they too soon. soon. Damn.
1: Damn. My confidence was my, my success. My success. success.